This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Let's turn, turn our attention to this now. Um, so this week, the latest development in the Section 194 inquiry uh, into the fitness of Advocate Mrs. Wemkwebanu to hold the office of public protector. Now, proceedings have been suspended for quite some time uh, in the at the hearings, and uh, a lot of it had to do with the, the legal representation of uh, for Advocate Mkwebanu. Um, uh, let's now get her side in terms of get a sense of where um, things stand at the moment. She joins me on the line with Sisiwem Kweban, Advocate Sisiwem Kweban. Good morning. Good morning, Tabiso, and good morning to the listeners. It's thank you so much uh, for coming on to talk to us. Uh, we've been longing to talk to you, been trying to get a hold of you. We've been speaking to everybody else around this matter except uh, you, the person at the center of it. And But as for today... I just want to confine our conversation uh, to where things stand now with regards to the remainder of the proceedings and, more importantly, of course, your legal representation. Um, The hearing has stalled since the um, 31st of March because of the um, office uh, of the public protector, the deputy public protector, having said that there are no funds um, to continue. So that basically terminated the mandate of the attorneys um, who offer record. And now when we tried to source funding and finally they managed to get this uh, $4 million, um, I was told on the 2nd of May, that they've managed to secure that, or there's some surplus which they have within mm. the office. And then um, we then reverted, we like uh, the hearings, uh, parliamentary hearings resumed from their side on the 8th of May. Mm. So that's where I appeared and I didn't have legal representation. So it meant I should. Um, allow the process to start afresh, the office to appoint the attorneys Mm. and the attorneys to brief uh, the council. Because remember the office, by writing that letter to them, Mm. they basically terminated the mandate of the attorneys. You know what, uh, where I get lost with the whole thing around your legal representation is that... uh, it appears, I mean, up to now, they were willing to fund up to the point where they said they'd exhausted their funding. Um, well, if the principle is that uh, they are meant to fire, uh, to, um, to pay for your legal representation, uh, it shouldn't be your problem that they've run out of money because I'm not quite sure what needs to happen then. What actually was the agreement, if there was an agreement in place, or what is the principle when it comes to these things into the sense that, I mean, how it came about that they st- they paid for your legal representation in the first place. Remember, Taviso, um, I was uh, suspended, um, and this is the first time, first of its kind, that mm. you find the head of a Chapter 9 institution 
um, being suspended. Remember the development of the rules by parliament mm. where they were saying I shouldn't be legally represented. Um, and remember the rules were targeting the Chapter 9 institution, so they say. Mm. So our argument then, uh, we had to take the matter up to, well, Western Cape, they agreed with me that um, a head of a Chapter 9 institution must be represented because um, not all of us are legally qualified, mm. but then irrespective of that, even if you are legally qualified, you would need legal representation, especially because you need somebody who practices, who will then uh, defend you. Other heads of Chapter 9 institutions are not even legally qualified. I mean, um, a lo- most of them, actually. So then the Constitutional Court said um, a head of a Chapter 9 must be represented, must uh, be represented by a legal practitioner of their choice. Mm. So I was still in the office when that judgment was issued, and then therefore mm. um, utilizing the, the attorneys who were in the panel of attorneys within the office mm. through legal services, then um, it was it made sense for the Aneco attorneys to continue representing me because they were well conversant mm. about the issues relating to the motions, the rules, and all these matters. So now um, that's why we ended up having this process. Indeed, I didn't take myself to Parliament. I'm accounting to Parliament. Basically, that is a committee of Parliament. Mm. We should make sure when the Constitutional Court said I should have legal representation of my choice, then Parliament should be making sure that there's money which is available. Remember, when should the it be Parliament goes, or should it be your of the Office of the Public Protector that ensures that there's funding for your for your for you your know um, for me it should actually because you remember during that process when we were engaging, mm. I even said they can't come back to me and ask me about uh, where must they get the funding or the funding mm. has been exhausted. And willing to continue, I said, where they find money for the evidence leaders? Because this is a senior council mm. and a junior council appointed by the state attorney by parliament. This is a parliamentary process. To me, it would have made sense. And when I wrote to my piece, the speaker requesting funding and also requesting her to intervene to stop mm. Janji from continuing, she also washed her hands and said, no. I can't intervene. Mm. Uh, we, it's not a, 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 we, we don't have money. Mm. How do you say that when you've established? So unfortunately, then the public protector, uh, through the Department of Justice and Treasury, they had to assist to identify funding mm. in this aspect here. When it started, I mean, when the process actually started, and when it was established that you are entitled to legal representation, um, my understanding is the court did not uh, um, venture into the territory of who needs to pay the cost thereof. But as it happened, uh, the office has been paying and paying all along. Was it ever put to you at some point that we will fund your fees up to a certain point or your legal costs up to a maximum of a, a certain amount of money? Was that ever an agreement between yourselves and the office? Not at all. I mean, what happened is that the only meeting I had with the deputy protector was when 
we had to engage on the financial or how can the office continue to assist me with this? Mm. Because at any rate, um, I'm here because of my uh, fiduciary responsibilities as mm. the public protector. So the only th- thing which transpired was that the CEO as the accounting officer is the one who engaged the legal team to say, can you uh, give us estimates how much you're going to spend? And by then, Tabiso, the plan was uh, because there was that three panel member, which parliament again uh, utilized state resources to appoint them, and they then said there's a prima facie case for me to answer on mm. three of the four charges. But then um, the estimation was based on that. And I think there was a rough estimation of around 4.5 million and for 35 days. Mm. But now when we I appeared there before Parliament for the hearing, you, mm. Janji, and uh, the team or the evidence leaders and uh, all of them decided to go back to the Mazon um, motion, which then dealt with each and every unnecessary thing, mm. calling up to 15 witnesses, dealing with HR-related matters. Which extended um, the, the, the... Definitely, yeah. oh. definitely. Um, and that is not my doing it them and i we've been reminding them over and over i mean even calling witnesses like abobaloi and the three the, the judge basing this panel said her evidence is not substantiated there's mm. no prima facie case but then they called her for two days let they me yeah. spend how many yeah. days interrogating yeah. that evidence so i think yeah let me yeah we are here because of them so now we are where we are here why i'm just wondering what's going to happen now because i gather that parliament has also uh, the speaker has also refused to grant an extension i'm not sure where that leaves proceedings but let me get it from your side because i've asked this question uh, of various people to tr- and i don't think i've gotten an explanation that actually um I find satisfying or that I, I think like I now understand. What is at stake here? If, I mean, obviously, apart from the fact that you would like to go back to work, um, assuming that uh, the process is concluded with a finding um, against you and that, you know, the impeachment is successful in uh, so is done, it may or may not coincide with the end of your term. Are there... What's at stake? I mean, if you if they do say, yeah, indeed, you were not fit for to hold the office, does that mean do you lose your benefits or what actually happens? What are you? What, what do you? What is at stake for you? Um, maybe let me start by saying the way this process was regulated with a lot of uh, unfairness, illegality, and unlawfulness. Uh, because once they come up with that particular report, mm. which the judges said, I must just uh, sit and be exposed to this abuse, uh, definitely I will take the matter on review. Mm. Well, maybe you would say, what so happy my court? Well, uh, fortunately, Dali, uh, SC, Mbofu, and um, uh, Advocate Matlape and Advocate Chavalala 
All these matters which have been taken to court through the process the Parliament, mm. uh, they've been doing this pro bono. Okay. So uh-huh. hence, uh, they are willing to help just for justice to be said. Absolutely. I'm not paying yeah. anything and they are doing that out of making sure that I exercise my right to yeah. go to court. So definitely I will take that on review. But and then, the and then where would it leave you? Mm. Where would it leave me? How? Like in terms of like if it... Uh, if it is that uh, finding at the end of this process, whenever it does end, and if uh, ever it does end, they say, yeah, no, she's not fit and proper to hold office. What are the implications for you? Well, the implications possibly is that um, you were speaking about uh, the issue of benefits. Yeah. Remember, even if when you are dismissed, the M7 Zini uh, Tabish, mm. um, when you, especially as a public servant, mm. When you are dismissed, you will get a certain portion of your benefit. Mm-hmm. Because to remember all these seven years, I never got a bonus. Mm. I never got a in check mm. as a, an employee. Mm. Uh, you know, some people will think that uh, because, uh, well, as a public servant, every year of your date of, uh, or month of, of your date of birth, you mm. get a, a date in check. As mm. a public project, I never got that. For the past seven years, I never got that. So definitely that has to be considered. Let's say I'm, yes, impeached. Mm. That portion, there's a, a percentage which a government pensions will then determine mm. which you get it. Mm. And then let's say you resign as well. There are penalties which you pay. Mm. And then let's say you then take your package at your, uh, uh, well, I get my pension mm. at the end of my term. Then you get possibly 100%. So that uh, legally will have to be considered because mm. then there are those calculations which will have to be made. Mm. But quite apart from that, and I think probably more importantly than uh, the money uh, and all of that, is a uh, reputational uh, damage because once you are done uh, with all of this, I mean, you're still young enough to carry on with a career in law. This could be potentially very damaging. So I would imagine that uh, you would have to take matters, you know, to their logical conclusion. Uh, you know, uh, yes, that is being said. And again, being a believer, uh, Tabi God has placed me in this position for a reason. And uh, God will see me through. Um, you know, you say about reputational damage. Mm. Mina, from my side, I'm glad that I had this opportunity to place my side of the story mm. before the committee, and mm. I will continue and indicate to the world, those who would want to hear me out, they, will, they, they would hear me out. I could get opportunities overseas, uh, internationally. Besides that, I can even go on my own and do uh, community work, mm. uh, uh, farming, you know, small-scale farming, and life will go on. I mean, mm. um, I think sometimes okay. these people who are after me, they would think that they are destroying me, okay. um, but mm. unfortunately that they won't succeed. 
Uh, Advocate Busom Kwabani, I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, there is so much more ground that I'd like to cover with you, but perhaps uh, that will happen. We'll do that at another time when maybe all of yeah. this is concluded. Um, yeah, but uh, thank you for coming on this morning. And by then, possibly I'll come to the studio. Thank I would you. appreciate that. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. There you go. Advocate Busom Kwabani is the suspended public protector. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.